we are, we're entering into um, something right now. Um, we're going to take our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. If you are unfamiliar with what Lottie, Lottie Moon Christmas offering means or who she was, she's a little firecracker of a lady, stood just under five foot tall. Um, she had a burden to, to take the gospel to China. And so she was one of the first missionaries from the Southern Baptist Convention that went out and, and was making disciples in China. She lived there for most of her life, and um, she, she encouraged everybody to, that there needed to be an offering given to, for world missions. And so, as you kind of see this infographic, we're right here. Lottie was a missionary. She had this great idea. She challenged churches to give the missions at Christmas time. She actually died on Christmas Eve, 1912. Uh, on her way back, she had served the Chinese people so well. She just had given everything she had for the for the mission of the gospel. She died on the mission field. But Southern Baptists have continued this offering in her name. Um, today, thousands of people and churches give, and we send almost 5,000 missionaries across the world because of that, which is amazing. Uh, on, on top of that, one other thing that these, these missionaries do, they start churches, they feed orphans, and they rescue slaves. And we're about to hear from, at, when we start the, the, the basket going forward to receive the offering, we're going to hear from somebody who actually is a missionary over in, in, uh, in West Africa, who they operate a hospital over there, and they get, get to relieve suffering in Jesus' name gospel. And they're all doing this to take the gospel to every people group on the earth. And so we get to partner. Every cent of this offering we're about to take goes directly to the missionary cause of the International Mission Board. And it's an exciting time. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite the offering team to come forward. We're going to, we got two different baskets, okay? This is for the Lottie Moon. If you'd like to give the Lottie Moon, um, here's your opportunity to do so. The Lottie Moon, uh, offering will be taken up in these baskets. As the baskets are being passed around, we are going to show you a video from some friends of ours who give us a direct greeting from West Africa. So check out this video from the Hans. Hey, this is the Journey Church. Merry Christmas from the Han family in West Africa. We just wanted to thank you guys for your financial support through Lottie Moon and also for your prayer support over the past year. Thanks to your giving, I've been able to do many surgical operations this year at our hospital here in northern Ghana. Some of those operations have been life-saving, and some have just improved the quality of life for my patients. I've been privileged to be able to share the gospel with some of my patients, and they have understood what it means to follow Jesus, and they have accepted his gift of grace. And thanks to your giving, I've been able to continue to improve my ability to preach in Mampruli. It's been great to preach in the local language in the villages in this area. And thanks to your giving, and do cool stuff, like eat the snake my dad killed last night. Well, speaking of snakes, the king of the Memprusi people, among whom we live, his name is Nabwahaga, which means puff adder, and that's a type of snake that lives around here. And recently they celebrated a festival at the king's palace called the Damba Festival. And we went to the festival and we saw the main thing that they do at the festival, the praise singer comes out with all the drummers and he sings the genealogy of the king. He goes back 550 years, starts at the beginning, and sings through all the kings. And he doesn't just list their names, but he sings their praises and tells short stories about their rule. This time of year, we're spending a lot of time reading the Bible, Matthew and Luke, about the birth of Christ. And right at the beginning of Matthew, the first thing is a genealogy. But you probably don't spend too much time reading through that genealogy. Because that's kind of boring. Well, yes and no. You know, on the surface, it's just a list of names, and that, yeah, that's kind of boring. But many of those names have really interesting stories tied to them. Like Tamar? Yeah, Tamar. Well, she does illustrate the point that everyone in that genealogy was a sinner, a broken and hurting person, just like us, 
who needed a savior. And God uses that genealogy to show us that from the beginning, he had a plan that came true and happened exactly as he wanted. And he gave us a savior, the king of kings. And the Mamprusi have their genealogy of the king, but we have the genealogy of the king of kings. And we can share that with them, that there's hope, that there's a savior who can give them peace and life eternal. So thanks for helping us be here in Alaragugana, where we can proclaim the saving truth about Christ. May God bless you all, and we all, even KJ, who we ran out of candy, so she ran off, uh, even KJ, we all wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Now let's read that snake! No snake. No snake. Hey, the journey. Hey, to the journey. Hey, who we ran. Hey, the journey. Hey, to the journey church. Merry Christmas. Hey, the Journey Church. Not the band, the church. <laughs> okay, look at the camera. Here we go again. Hello to the Journey Church from. Don't stop believing. Try again. I'd like us to do something before we get started today. I want us to spend a little time in prayer together. Prayer that God would use the monies that, that's been given to advance the gospel, but also pray for our time together today in the Word. So if you would, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I'm just thankful that we get to partner with people like that, people who you've called um, out of darkness into light, firstly, and, and you've called them to a saving knowledge of Christ, but then you've called them to go lay down their lives in a place that's not, not as comfortable as it would be if they lived here. And they're far from their family, and they're far from their friends, and God, I miss them um, and their friendship. And God, I pray that you bless the Hans and all of the missionaries that are out there, all 5,000 of them, that you've given us the ability to touch and to help and support to make your name known. God, I pray that you would bless them. And I pray, that God, that you would let, their, let them not be discouraged that sometimes the work is slow, but you would encourage them. And God, I would also pray that, you would, that they would see great harvest from all of the planting and sowing of the gospel that they have done. God, would you encourage these missionaries, not just financially, but also in other ways that they can continue on in their work. God, discouragement is always there, but I pray, God, that this would be a season of hope for them. And we thank you so much that we can partner with an organization that's taken the gospel to the world. And God, we thank, we're thankful that the gospel came to us and that we have repented and believed. And we know how much we need Jesus. And so today, as we come to your word, help us to see how much we need Jesus. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I told you we had a good morning. I mean, kiddos, messages from Africa. I wanted to make sure you saw the last part because my friend starts singing the Journey song. That's fantastic. And so, um, thank you, Miss Rhonda. Um, I, 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 I've, I, I love this time of year um, somewhat 
because I sometimes I get a little get a little distracted by all the things you have to do, and you miss on the things that you get to do. You know, because you're thinking about all the things you have to do. And so I was thinking about Christmas songs. What's your favorite Christmas songs? Anybody? Now you don't have to. No, so you don't have to go super spiritual right away. Okay. All right. I like anything about you. Yeah, you also like Rudolph a little bit, right? Okay, that's all right. There's one about, um, anybody got a favorite, some favorite ones? Mary, did you know? It's a good one. You got one? Deck the Halls, that's always fun. Uh, Yeah, that's great. Tennessee Christmas. Oh, look at that. See, we're in Tennessee. It's fantastic. One back there. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Classic. There is one about Dominic the Christmas donkey. You go check that one out. It is awesome. I didn't know that existed until recently. I just think about all these different songs. And, and we'll go to the sacred ones. You think about um, so many of the different ones. Oh, Holy Night is actually one of my favorites. It's really hard to do because it goes from really low to like, ah, and Mariah Carey high. But there's a line in that song that I want us to think about over the next couple weeks as we kind of approach Christmas. It goes in, in the line of the song, there says, it says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And you think about a, a thrill, I mean, it's very, the, the, wor- the wording of that song is so deep and rich and definitely from another time, many, many hundreds of years removed from where we are now. It still speaks truth to us, but you think about a thrill of hope. When we want to think about a thrill, I immediately go to a a thrill ride at an, at an amusement park or, a, or like Disney World or something. You know that feeling of exhilaration that you get? Whether it's a good feeling or a bad feeling, some, of, some people love it. And they're like, let me, let me go on seven corkscrews and 50 loops and woo! But you know that one where the adrenaline gets up and you're like, woo, that was fun! And you want to tell people about it. And so here is what the songwriter says. He says there's a... A thrill, because Christ has come, there is this thrill, exhilaration of hope, and a weary world rejoices. You can see this in the Christmas story. We're going to be this morning in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, right after the genealogies that William and Trey mentioned in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen for you. And I'd like to read this. Matthew 1 verse 18 says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. So it's all the genealogies, and then it says it takes place this way. And here's where it starts in Matthew's gospel. It starts with Joseph. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, as she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for, what, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she was given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. A thrill of hope is 
is seen in this passage, but first there is the darkness and the difficulty. And you see it this. It says the birth of Jesus happened in verse 18. Then it talks about Mary was with the child of the Holy Spirit. We saw that played out up here uh, in the play. We also know this, that Joseph did not buy that story, and you wouldn't either. Not at first. See, they were betrothed. Mary and Joseph in verse 19, what does it say? Or verse 18 says, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And verse 19 says, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and willing to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Why was Joseph going to divorce her? Because she was pregnant. And they had not known each other in the biblical sense, which means they had not been together, they had not slept together. And because of that, there was no way that that child was Joseph's. Now, they were betrothed, which we can kind of understand like an engagement. However, this is way more binding in this time than an engagement. If you were betrothed, here's what would happen. The arrangement would be made for you to be betrothed, and you were for all intents and purposes, legally married. You didn't live together or, or have sexual relations together. That would be the two things that would not happen. But you would do everything, get ready, get your house together. You would, you would do all the things that a married couple would do besides those things, and you were getting your life ready. And so what happened is there's this betrothal period, which is like a, like a legally binding engagement, and then the wedding would happen, and then the married life would start that way. So betrothal is not like our engagements. You know, we've seen all the movies, right? especially if you've been watching Hallmark this year. Lord, help us all. It's on my house. Like, it's like on a loop. It's the same movie, just different characters, right? And what happens, like, it's the Christmas engagement. And then you may one of them. I mean, they're all basically the same story. You see they're, they're, they're down, at the, down at the altar, and the guy who she really loves comes like, No, I object! She's got to be with me. And she's like, I know. And she runs to him, and they sing Silent Night, and it's all done. I have to watch it. It's in my house. It's the same one. I think, I've seen 20 of them, and it's, the same, it's like deja vu. And so you, you know why you're laughing, because you've been watching them. So what happens is that the engagement's broken off for following your heart and true love. Well, this betrothal is way more engagement. In fact, you had to have a, if you were going to break off the betrothal, you had to have a certificate of divorce. Secondly, according to Deuteronomy chapter 22 in the Old Testament, that the penalty for breaking the betrothal, especially by um, having sex outside the, the marriage, which is what Joseph believes Mary has done at first, would have been cause and grounds for actually her to be even executed. A big deal. So here's what happens in verse 19. We see Joseph's character. Verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man, what that actually, we kind of miss a just man, upright, blameless. It also has the idea that he has a relationship with God. So he is a man who's following God's heart. He, he loves the Lord. He is known as a righteous person. Not that he is perfect, but he's known as someone who is just and wants to follow and live an upright life before God. So here's what he does. He is a man, because he's following God, he wants to show great mercy. Because I'm sure he's hurt. Without reading between the lines too much, he is building a life. Because what happens at the betrothal period 
the the legal legal stuff has happened, and so now the motion's been set, the the, the process has been set in motion for them to get, to live to have a ha- a home to set up the household for for his life to take this route. Like his route was, I'm going to be married to Mary, and we're going to have this life, and, and that's what would be going on there. All these things would be in place. Like they're getting their house, they're getting all the things they need to set up a household. All of that is going on during this time. So his life is pointed in this direction, and then all of a sudden everything comes to a screeching halt when he finds out that she is pregnant. And so he just feels, he probably feels, without reading too much into the text, you can imagine that he feels like his world is spiraling out of control. But his, his faith has, get, has led him to act mercifully in this situation. According to the law, he could, have, he, he could have had a lot of things happen to her. But, verse 19, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. It wasn't going to be a public one. He was going to do this quietly, break this off, and go about his way. And this is a pretty dark thing, I would imagine. If you can, un, if you could think and put yourself just for perspe- just for a moment into Joseph's Joseph's shoes, his whole world pff, broken up in the matter of minutes when he's told this news. However, God is at work, and the hope in this passage is this: many would have you believe. That if you follow God, you follow Christ, and you trust him, that your life will be pain-free, that you will be happy, healthy, and wise for your entire life. That it's divine favor, and it's about how much you believe, and that's how much you'll be blessed in accordance with how much you believe. That is not a biblical idea, nor is it even close to reality. See, the facts are that in a broken world, and that is why Jesus had to come, in a world that is broken by sin and who, it, because of sin, knows death all around. Because of that, we need hope because this world is a dark place. This, if you just think back at 2017 and all of the things that have happened, you've probably seen those memes that are going around. <laughs> 2017 was bad for many of us. It was a rough year. Unrest all over the world. Difficulties. People, lots of people that are, were popular had passed away in these last few months. It's just been difficult. Many things in our church have happened. People have been ill. There's been tragedies. There's been all sorts of different things. 2017 has been a year that's had a lot of heartache for many people. Just like, I mean, a lot of years do, unfortunately. And what we see here, Joseph is just another product of, the, of what's happening, at least from, from, the, from the outsider's perspective, from Joseph's perspective. It's like the world, the sin and the death in the world and all of this that's happening is now, it seems like it's come and crushed Joseph and his world spiraling out of control. And he needs some hope. And the hope happens in the very next verse. Now, here's the thing. We don't know how long he had to hang on this. We don't. We just don't. We love for it. Like, it was 24 hours that God let him be really upset and have a difficult time. We don't know. 
We could try to guess, but we just really don't know how long he was on the hook, how long he deliberated, how long he was, what am I going to do? We don't know. We, didn't, we don't get a, a, a picture into his life and whether he was, how he, would, he was dealing with this, this tragedy or how he was dealing with this difficult situation. We don't know that. But we can maybe make some guesses by how we deal with things because we know this. The, the curse and the brokenness of this world has affected every one of us. And it's really easy to get down and discouraged by that, right? You watch the news and be like, I can't watch another minute of this. I can't watch them yell at each other anymore. I can't watch them. I can't watch this about this attack and that death. I can't look at it anymore. My life is so jacked up. I can't think about this anymore. I feel so weary and worn and beaten down by this. I need some hope. And that is one of the the things about this Christ coming is in the darkness in the darkness light, in the distress, hope. And so Joseph, he's going to divorce his wife. It looks like he's going down this road of he's been wronged, he's hurt, but he wants to follow God, and his world's dismantled, but he's trying to walk in faith. And then what happens? A thrill of hope. Verse 20, as he was considering these things, thinking through them, mulling over, Here's what happened. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For, what, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so in the darkness, this hope of the angel appeared. And I, know, I want you to note this for a second. It says, as he was contemplating this, and the next thing you know, sleep happens. We don't know. You think about, have you ever had one of those restless nights? That kind of looks like what is being described here. You know one of those ones where you have, like, sleep will come. But then it sleeps interrupted. You ever wake, you know, wake up at two o'clock in the morning, and you're looking at the like everyone else is asleep, and everyone is. And if you're like my house, everybody saw in lumber, you know, oh, you know, sleep, you know, the the the, the snoring, what have you. My wife, God bless her, she probably hears the same thing. And so when that's all going on, and she's he's waking up, he's contemplating, he's thinking, he's always in and out of sleep, is what it kind of looks like, and he's really, really just having problems with this the situation. Who appears to Joseph but an angel of the Lord? He says, don't worry. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Why would he be afraid? Well, if he took her as his wife, people would think that they had violated their vows and had been with each other before. So in, in accepting it, they're accepting scandal. And his reputation as a man may go out the window. And, but what happens is, don't fear. Listen, this is from God. Then it says in verse 20, 
verse 20, it says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for what, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. And we know this, that Joseph does exactly what the Lord says, and he, he, he follows through, and he marries Mary, and he goes to that taking the scandal. He knows it's not true because the angel of the Lord told him so, and he's going to walk by faith and not by sight. And here is where the hope comes in, the thrill of the hope. In Joseph's messed up, broken situation, seemingly outside looking in, God is at work. God is at work. And that, it, that is one of the things that the incarnation, when, when God comes to the earth in, in, the, in the person of Jesus, in the flesh and, bo- flesh and bone, God is working out his plan. God is at work, but the people who are in it at the time don't see how he's at work. All they see is pain and suffering. All they see is the curse of the broken world again and again showing itself this world is hard. This world is difficult. What are we going to do? Okay? So what happens? Christmas shows us that God is still working. He's at work. He worked in bringing Christ, and now he's working in his people and through his people to bring Christ to the hurt, to the broken, to all those who have been affected by the curse of sin. He is at work. And so here's what I want you to hear today. When you see Christmas, I want you to see the thrill of hope. And here is a good word for you, that God is at work in your situation. I don't care how bad it is. He's at work. His work may not be. Now, here's where we could go one way. His work will not be easy in you. Oftentimes, the way he works is to use your greatest pains and sorrows to make you more like him and to prepare you for what he has for you. That's what he does. He could be working, and a lot of times, many times, he brings things in our lives to cause us to repent of our sin and where we're headed to be more like him. He, he is at work, and here's what, here's what we want to know. We want to know why now. We don't get, Joseph doesn't get an explanation. You get that, right? He just got, take her for your wife. He got, this is, this, he got the fact this is true, what she's saying is true, but he doesn't get about, he doesn't get the whole scheme. Not that we know of. And this is how it's going to work out. And then he, he doesn't get the plans about going to Egypt. The Bethlehem thing still takes him off, off guard because they show up. He's got a pregnant wife. He's got to travel from a huge distance. Uh, <laughs> like they, that would have been great if they had the donkey golf cart like we saw in the video. I mean, that would be fantastic. He never saw any of that coming, not one little bit. We have no record that he knew any of that was coming, any of the hardships, any of the difficulties. But he just had to walk in faith in that moment, trusting that God is at work. And so here's what, I want you to, here's what I want to impress upon us here today at the journey. I don't know what's happening in your lives. I don't know what difficulties you may be facing. I don't know what, what, what joys you may have. I don't know what's going on in each and every one of your lives like you do. But I will tell you this, and I believe this. God is at work. 
might be at work to convict you of sin that you're in. You don't have to stay in it any longer. There is forgiveness, cleansing, and a new life. You don't have to stay there because you know why? Because God's at work in this situation. He was at work to bring about the Savior. And you, everybody, me, you, everybody, your grandma, your great-grandma, whoever you can find out on the street, they need a Savior because they're messed up. And they need hope. And so here's what's the good news is that in our situations, God is working to bring salvation. It may not be the way you thought it was. It may not happen when you think it should. But he is at work. He's at work in your situation. He is working. We don't know how. We don't know how long you'll be in it. If you go look in the Bible, in the Psalms, do you know what one of the, the psalmist's favorite questions is? How long, O oh Lord? It's like when you're doing an exercise video, okay, like P90X or something, and you're like, how long, oh Lord, before this ab exercise ends? Or you're doing this, I got this app that's like, it's called Couch to 5K. You know where I've spending my time, right? And you get it, and it has these little parts, and so you go from walking to running to walking and running, and then it gets, and then it gets progressive. It's better, but, you know, you run more than you walk. And so you get to that one of those four minutes, and you're, you're pumped up the treadmill. And you're like, how long? You look down, like, I have to have been running for, like, four minutes now. And it's, like, 32 seconds. And you're like, no. No, 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 no. How long? We don't know how long Joseph had to wait. We don't. But we do know that God was at work. He did not understand. He probably he might have asked, "Why me?" God, I follow you. I try to live my life as a just man. I'm even going to show mercy in this situation. Why me? And the answer comes back is, Joseph, just trust me. I'm going to give you this. That, that baby is of the Holy Spirit. I'm working out my plan of salvation. I'm going to use you. You just need to trust me. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Trust me. I am at work. Trust him, church. He is at work. He is working. Now, he's working to accomplish his plan, not your plan. Let me just say that again. He is working to accomplish his plan, not your plan. Let me say it a different way. He's working to accomplish his plan, not my plan. You need to maybe realize that this year. We've got just a little bit of it left, okay? He's working to accomplish his plan, not my plan. When the world was out of control in Joseph's life, and it's seemingly out of control now. The world is not out of control. It is in his control. He is working the situation. When your world is out of control, at least it seems that way, know that you, that you, your world is not out of control. It is in his control. The hope 
of Christ, the hope of Christmas reminds us that God is not out of control, but he is at work to bring together his plan of salvation, and he is, he is at work and is still working to do that. He brought it about, and it's a finished work, but it's not been applied to all those who it needs to be applied to. There is so much work to be done to make the glory of the gospel and who Christ is known, and he is at work. And so I want you to know this. God is working. Christmas shows us that God is at work, that God is in control, that all of these things had to come together for all the events to happen in Bethlehem like they did, and all the events of, of Calvary to happen. All of these things, he is working for salvation. He is at work. He is working in all of these situations. So you are not without hope. The diagnosis is bad. You're not without hope. The shadow of death is there. You're not without hope. You feel broken and messed up. You're not out of hope. You have made some terrible, terrible decisions, and you have sinned greatly. You are not without hope. God is in control, and he has brought a Savior who is Christ. And so when we light up our trees and get the funny laser things going on our house, light in the darkness should point us to the fact that there is a hope, a thrill of hope that is glimpsed in the nativity. C.S. Lewis, in his, in his book, the, the Chronicles of Narnia, talks about Narnia and the evil that has befallen it. And he describes it, one of the characters, Mr. Tumnus in the book, describes the, the plight of evil and what's happened because of evil in Narnia by saying it's always winter and never Christmas. Like, it's always bleak and cold and gross. I am from Florida. This is about as much weather like this I can handle. I'm being honest with you. Getting a little itchy. Getting like, I can't handle it. Like, I don't want to wear long sleeves anymore. And my feet need to be exposed somewhere. And like, you can't because they'll become frigid ice blocks. I can't handle that. I can't handle the gray too long. Thankfully here, it's not as gray as when I lived in the Midwest, okay? It's not like that. But still, it's hard. And you can imagine where it was always winter. Always the cold, dark bitterness. And there was never the light and hope and joy of Christmas. And Lewis doing this is describing the plight of evil. And those who are without Christ, it's always winter and never Christmas. But praise be to God, in Christ, light comes to the darkness. There is joy in the bleakness. There there is Christmas in the middle of winter, a thrill of hope. And so I hope you leave here today with hope. My heart breaks for so many of the things that that I've known have happened in some of your lives. Even in mine this year, I lost my grandmother. It was dark. But there's still a light of hope. And it's Christ. He is the Savior. 
In him there's hope beyond this life. There's hope now. You don't have to stay where you are in sin. There is hope to come. There's eternal life there. Eternal life is not ethereal, looney tunes, harps in the sky. It's real, true life with God. It's better than the best day here. And I want you to know that there is hope in Christ. There is a thrill of hope. There's hope. It's dark. I know it's dark. It's really dark. The world is dark. Sin is bad. Your sin has probably made a mess of your life. But there's Stay there. There is hope in Christ. He came. Don't be afraid to walk in faith. There is hope. Don't be afraid, Joseph, because what is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. God's at work. And what is he going to do? This child who's coming forth will be a Savior. And you will be saved through faith in him. And God is with us. There is hope. Know that thrill. Believe that thrill this year. If you would, I want us to take a moment. And I want us to bow in prayer and silence for a minute before we continue on in our service. And I pray that you would seek out and you would let your heart be poured out to the Lord. And as you're pouring out your heart, whatever difficulty, whatever thing he's convicted you of, pour that out before him and ask him to renew your hope. Let's take a moment and do that and then I'll close this in prayer in just a second. Thank you, Lord, for coming and saving us. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Father, for the plan and the execution of that plan and the working. Thank you, Spirit, for applying that work to us. Bless God, three in one. I pray, Lord, that you would give radical hope through your Son, to every hurting person in this room. And Lord, I pray that you would call us through our hope and in our hope to enjoy you this Christmas season, to worship, to love one another, and to make you known. Because there is no other name given among men. We're my, we might be saved because you are the one Savior. And... You are our only hope. You're so good to us. God bless the broken and hurting. Lord, let hope shine in the darkness. We pray this in the name of every name, the one who came, lived the life, and died and rose and reigns and is coming. In his name we pray. Amen. And I want us to remember this. Angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, don't fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, 
And you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Walk in inextinguishable hope. You're dismissed. Yes. Oh, one more thing. This is even better. Thank you. I need all the help I can get. Our goal for Lottie Moon offering, <laughs> you ain't kidding. The goal for a Lottie Moon offering was $1,000. Today, we took up $1,251. Make Jesus known. 